Hey, here we are together the last Sunday of 2020. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas and we're grateful for the opportunity to gather again in this way. Uh, wherever you are and whomever you are with, uh, we're again happy to be here with you. Just as a reminder, I want to reiterate, uh, as we move into 2021, January, February, and March, we're going to be predominantly meeting in community groups for all the reasons we've been communicating over the last few weeks. Uh, we're just so grateful for the opportunity that God has afforded us towards real personal transformation and vibrant community in these circumstances with one another. Uh, we're going to be layering in some first Sundays and Tuesday night uh, prayer and worship nights as well when we feel the liberty to do so. Uh, the series that we're going to be leaning into in the beginning of 2021, we're going to be looking at the, the travel narratives, the, the travel parables that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Luke. It's going to be an incredible time of gathering together and digging into God's Word and allowing His Spirit to lead us, grow us, and change us. So uh, please be praying into that as we move into it together. But I again want to exhort you and just challenge everyone to find and form a community group. If you need help doing either of those things, finding or forming, please reach out to us at infolifechurchvirginia.com and we'll do all we can to get you planted. All right. Let's get into our passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 14, the anointing at Bethany. Verse 3, And while he, Jesus, was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She's done what she could. She's anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, and in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, please speak to me. And through me, listen through each of us that we may hear your word and respond according to your will. Mold us, shape us, make us more into your image. And as we give these moments, just continue to move us into who you've intended for us to be. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Broken is the exact opposite. All of us want almost everything. Broken. Excellent said nobody ever. And uh, nobody is excited when they find something broken. Uh, it, no, it's, we don't say that. We don't do that. We don't, we don't act in that way towards uh, being broken because A, uh, things look better when they're put together. Can I get an amen? Things look better when they're put together. You know, that reminds me just a few weeks ago, we were celebrating Thanksgiving. We had some family together and I was like, hey, let's take a family picture. And so everybody's kind of hustling, bustling around and getting ready for the picture. And I was ready. I was dressed. I was prepped. I was ready to go until my seven-year-old daughter came over to me and stopped as she was walking by and she said, is that what you're wearing? And I looked at her and I was like, yeah. She's like, you need to get ready because we're going to take a family picture. And she walked away. She was dead serious. My sister-in-law was sitting next to me. She thought it was hilarious. I was thinking of how long I could ground Zoe for that disrespect. <laughs> Things <laughs> are supposed to be in one piece. Uh, 
This is how things are supposed to be. Are you with me? Putting Christmas toys together on Christmas Eve. They're supposed to be in one piece. They're supposed to fit in this way. They're supposed to be unwrapped and look a certain way in one piece. I'm probably giving the sweats to people as you're reliving some days just not too long ago. And thirdly, we have an expectation that if things are broken, they don't work. And all of that is true until God says it isn't. As God speaks over the nation of Israel, who is in bondage, who is in generations of bondage, but God speaks over them in Exodus 20, says, hey, this is how in a broken vessel you are supposed to live and you can walk into freedom and wholeness as he delivers to them the Ten Commandments. Jesus speaks to that as well as he draws through his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He says, hey, I didn't come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And he breathes life into that. So that which was broken and harming the 613 laws and commandments and rules and regulations, Jesus breathes life into them. And so let's recall this oil ovation is is taking place at three different levels. Levels. This sinful woman walks in and first and foremost, she loves Jesus. She washes and cares for his physical body. She honors him by anointing him for burial and towards resurrection. And finally, she's doing this in submission. This act of, of just anointing him is declaring that he is her Lord. He's not just someone special, but he's someone to be followed. And according to this moment that we've been reading in Scripture for these last few weeks, all of this can only be fully accomplished alongside a breaking. And this is what I want to speak to. This is what I want to speak to as we round out this interesting, turbulent, dare I say, year of breaking. I'm calling our our final conversation of 2020, We Are the Jar, the Broken Bit. First, Can we just all ask the question, why? (laughs) Why, God, is it like this? Why does something have to break? This sinful woman rolls in. She breaks the alabaster jar and she pours it over Jesus' head and anoints him. Can't there just be a little bit of a dabbing? Can't there be a, hey, let's get some out and wipe that on you there. Wax on, wax off. Let's let's do this right. Can there, there be a little bit of, you know, getting it out of the container. Why all the rage and violence and and crashing of ceramic? Why does it have to be this way? That which is inside the jar is costly and it requires an equally parallel level of care in its container. It would have been this alabaster flask or jar, more than likely adorned, glazed, well put together, and would have been providing a safe space for the oil inside proper preservation. No leaking out, no seeping in. It probably would have been more likely the design. You would have to break it. It would have been capped with clay so that nothing could have ever gotten out. When this woman rolls in, and throws down. When she throws down and breaks the alabaster jar, notice no one's like, whoa, whoa, lady, what are you doing going and breaking stuff? It's not that kind of party. This this ain't Cana where we went to that wedding. Remember that, Jesus? We went to the wedding and the wine ran out. We drank and we drank and we drank. And then you made the more wine from the water. Remember that was a part. This ain't that, lady. Why, Why are you going breaking stuff? No one says anything about the breaking because the breaking is expected. Because breaking is normal. You have to break that jar 
to get at the inside. You have to break to get at the inside. How else are you going to get everything that is on the inside to the outside? It's okay to leave it in one piece if you want some of what's inside. It's okay to leave it in one piece or a couple of pieces if you want most of what's inside. But I've got news for you today. As we close out 2020, as we begin to crest into a new year and we all pray a new season, God isn't interested in healing just some of you. God is not hoping to heal a part of you or most of you. God wants to affect all of you. Which you guessed it, if you've been tracking with me, (laughs) means there will be some breaking of you. So you can let what is on the inside of you get to the outside. To be blunt, we are the jar. I know maybe the title of the series gave it away three weeks ago, but I've been leading up to this moment that I want you to know we are the jar. Even as the prophet Isaiah declares in Isaiah 64, he is the potter. God is the potter and we, we are the clay. Church, we are the jar. Now, take a deep breath. I am not suggesting that there is a reckoning coming your way that is going to cause you to break. Chances are good, especially in a year like we've just gone through, that there's already been some level of breaking offered to all of us just in this calendar year. Now, hear me, breaking offered to us. God does not go breaking of his own volition, but I believe that brokenness is offered to us. And I believe this year has probably been filled for many of us with offerings of breaking. But we've tried to keep up appearances. We've worked to stay as we think we should. We've avoided whatever based on our expectation. But you know who wants broken stuff? But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Jesus wants our broken bit. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul. Now I know we walk around these days, we have cross tattoos, we've got crucifixes we wear, we adorn ourselves with this jewelry and we we paint it on our walls, but Jesus is speaking to picking up an implement of torture and destruction, of death, of ultimate breaking. It doesn't have its significance yet outside of just breaking. Paul speaks to it as well in Galatians chapter 2. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. He doesn't say this begrudgingly, church. He's declaring it. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The breaking is a bit of a necessity, church. If we want to let what the inside is get to the outside. And if God is able to really do something and work in us, we need to allow that breaking 
to take place. And you might be listening to this and saying, you know, some of this makes sense, but I have the question, what, is it, what does this look like, Christoph? Because this has been a doozy of a year, and I'm not up for things happening to me. I'm not up for stuff going another sideways bit for a long while. What does this breaking look like? What does dying to self, this crucifying look like, taking up a cross? I mean, come on, no one's hoisting me up to a rough-hewn tree anytime soon. And I would simply direct you to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to work through these verses. And Paul writes to the church at Colossae. If then you've been raised with Christ, again, supposing the breaking has taken place, the cross has been taken up. He says, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you died. Paraphrase that. You were broken. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. And now we get into some nitty-gritty church. How do we do this, Christoph? He says, put to death. Say no to things. Stop these things. Cease these things. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion. That one always gets me, church. I'm like, I'm passionate, like it's an out card, like it's my ability to say whatever I want. But God says, whoa, 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 Christoph, pump the brakes. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean you can be hurtful. Just because you believe in something doesn't mean you can ramrod people. Evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seem to put off the old self with its practices and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all in all. That verse 11, Paul is speaking to a breaking that needs to happen as we might see ourselves disconnected from others. He's saying, no, 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 no. We are not disconnected from others. Verse 12 starts with put on then, because as much as we put off, we have to also then take on. We're talking about breaking now. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Come on, somebody, catch a vision. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. Such a thick theme of the scriptures. Not finger pointing truth, but put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And here is where it really, where the rubber meets the road for us. When we're talking about breaking, it has to involve not just what we put off and what we put on, but all of these people. All of these people who are around us, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, which is an homage to Ephesians 5, 25, where it says, Husbands, 
Lay your life down for your wife as Christ did for the church. That is some very evident illustration, husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents. Can I get an amen from the church and everything for this pleases the Lord? Fathers, do not provoke your children. I personally do not like that scripture because it works me over. Lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord, not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord, the Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. He's speaking to slaves. A long description of how they are to conduct themselves. Understand that they're slaves, they're bondservants. And then chapter 4 and verse 1, he says something incredible. Masters, treat your slaves, treat your bondservants justly and fairly knowing that you also have a master in heaven, reminding us that we are not just in this myopic picture, but that we are part of something larger. You work through a passage like Colossians 3 in the beginning of Colossians 4, and you start to understand breaking isn't just when things are hard and terrible, or maybe we've had a really long, arduous year. Breaking doesn't just come in exhaustion with just so much bad. Breaking comes as we offer ourselves, as we put off that which we might really want, and we put on what God suggests that we put on. And so as we lean into this truth today, as we close out this year and recognize we are the jar, there necessitates a breaking of us so God can get in so that he can do a work. Let me leave you with this benediction. May we receive the brokenness offered us and pour out what is in us for Christ and his kingdom for all of those around us. May we oblige the healing, the renewing, the transforming that only God can do by getting at that which is inside. And may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better.